0: So, most moms already go into uh, pregnancy depleted, and then it just gets further after we've had the baby. There's digestive system changes that have to happen after you have a during pregnancy and after you have a baby and there's also hormonal changes so it's kind of like this perfect storm where moms I hear all the time moms are like but I was fine before I had babies and now like it just wrecked me and I'm like well we could also talk on like the medical metaphysical like spiritual level motherhood I honestly think is meant to break you down it is meant to break you down to the most elemental parts of yourself just to build you back up so that you know what it is that's no longer serving you and how to truly take care of yourself so that you can also take care of
1: your babies you're listening to Rewild and Free. This is the go-to podcast for conscious and holistic mother entrepreneurs who are ditching society's to-do list for intentional living, freedom, and abundance, while creating impact and legacy in their home and business. If we haven't met yet, I'm Nicole Pasvier, your like-hearted mom friend and biz bestie wrapped in one. I'm an ex-nurse turned guide and business coach, leading women just like you into the new paradigm, where thriving in motherhood is your birthright, and so is a successful and sustainable online business. Keep listening if you're ready to unsubscribe from patriarchal motherhood, bro marketing, and boss babe culture, because in this space, we use nature as our framework as we move towards feminine embodied business development, cyclical orientation, and slow living. Together, let's rewild and remember as we break free from survival and reconnect to what truly matters. Okay, friend, steep your tea and take the most loving breath you've given to yourself today, and let's go. Hello, hello! This is episode 35 of the Rewild and Free podcast. Can you guys believe it? I barely can believe it. I can't believe that I have recorded now over 35 episodes, um, and I'm honestly just blown away by the conversations with the guests I've been having, and today's episode is going to be no exception. I'm joined by not one, but two special guests. Um, First, you're going to hear from Katie Galvin, who is a former speech therapist turned postpartum doula and functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner. Ooh, that's a bit of a mouthful. Um, We'll just call her Katie. I'm also going to be joined by Aubrey partway through the episode. Um, My dad was watching her, but she got pretty upset, and so I brought her up to hang out with us for a bit, so don't mind the little bit of chaos that happens about halfway through the episode and, well, really, for the rest of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is what it is. Um, thank you for listening to the end if you make it that far and <laughs> not being too bothered by the chaos. Um, there's some moments in there that just weren't easy to edit out slash um, showing up messy, guys. Like, that's real life right now. So I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed to necessarily apologize or edit out how um, chaotic this episode truly was. Anyways, Katie is awesome. As you're about to find out. And in this episode, we talk about just the depths of how to actually reclaim health in motherhood. And I'm not just talking about kind of like superficial health. We are going deep. We are talking about like mineral and nutrient depletion. We are talking about some of the generational uh, dysfunctions, for lack of a better word, um, that are showing up culturally and socially in modern day motherhood. And of course, we're gonna dive into the nervous system on top of some of the more functional nutrition and root cause healing approaches that Katie is a wizard at. Um, And we're really just going to dive deep into understanding what kind of safety our feminine physiology needs, especially in just this modern day world of the shifts in access to nutrients in our foods and the modern day stress and just all of it. It's a really good episode. As you're listening, you're likely going to fall in love with Katie and want to know how to work with her. She can be found online on Instagram at KateNGalvin. Reach out to her there. She works virtually with mom, so it doesn't matter where you are in the world, and she has some really incredible offerings, including a pretty intensive one-on-one package and she also has a 12-week transformational hybrid group program that's designed to help you reclaim vibrant health and motherhood and reconnect to yourself. The first cohort starts in January of 2024, so depending when you're listening to this, you probably want to get your eyes on that. If not, join the waitlist for the next cohort. Um, I think that's it. I'm going to press play so you can hear our episode. The start of podcasts are always so awkward because... <laughs> We've already been talking, and now all of a sudden, like, bam, let's record. So it's like, (laughs) hello again. We've already been talking for half an hour. (laughs) Hi, Katie. Um, Hi. Oh, I'm so happy to have you on the show. You and I have been in each other's worlds now for almost six months. Um, I think we found each other because of Fierce Lizzie's podcast. We were both on her like Mother's Day special, um, sharing our own wisdom and our own medicine, which is super cool. And you have been a part of the first cohort of my mastermind, Recalibrate. Recalibrate Should pick a better word. That's easier for me to say. I'm also on day 28 of my cycle. So words are very, very hard. Um, But yeah, I'm stoked to just have you on the show and to allow everyone that's listening to hear more about you and the amazing work you're doing in the world. And I'm going to stop talking now so you can say, hello to everyone.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. I'm seriously so honored to be here talking to you, and I am so happy that I found you, and I am just super excited to chat with you today about all the
1: things. All of the things, indeed. Um, I've been meaning to ask all of my podcast guests what book they're reading, so I'm going to start with that. Are you reading a book or is there a book on your bookshelf that is top of list that you just haven't been able to open yet? Um, On more
0: of like the business side, I do have regenerative business on my list. I haven't had a chance to get to (laughs) that one. Um, And I am just now starting to read, which is really funny because I think they've been out for a while and they're really popular, but the um, Thorn of, or no, the, what is it called? Throne of Glass Throne of Glass series by Sarah Moss.
1: So fiction.
0: Yes, fiction, like kind of fantasy. I don't
1: remember the last time I read a fiction book. I am definitely a self-development, business development book junkie. Like I cannot, like I, I read, they're like my Bibles to me. Like I read them like they're a Bible. And regenerative business specifically is definitely going to be my go-to business bible I've been telling you and the other women inside recalibrate that that book has really put language on so much of my own truths around like business development and business creation so I absolutely love what Sam Garcia is writing in that book Um, I love her message I am reading it for the second time along with you guys whenever you start to read your copy But it's a phenomenal book. So, anyways, good for you for also like reading fiction because I have a really hard time. No, I have to like that. That's part of your like self-care.
0: Yes, that is part of my self-care because I would definitely just do self-development. And I have to be really careful because it's like sneaky. Like that is not truly productive, like non-productive rest when our brain is still going and thinking about all the things that we could be doing better that we're gonna want to do now. So sometimes I definitely need just that mindless read just for the pure joy of it.
1: Mm, It's so true. And I really should. I mean, as a teenager, like I would read fiction books all the time. I should actually like, I don't even think I have any on my bookshelf, but I should go back to some of my favorite books when I was quite a bit younger and see if they still have any spark for me. Or I remember like even like some of those like romantic romantic novels like what is it like Jodi someone I used to read like those books I should get back into yeah. something like
0: that that sounds juicy that I bet that would feel so good to just go back and see it. like oh this book used to hold so much allure and magic for me and just see if it's still there and just play with it or, or add a yeah, new one. yeah I
1: should Mm, I love that reflection back to me because you know part of my message is to just incorporate play and pleasure back into our life and to be doing things out of desire, not obligation and to find joy and like the little things. and as you already said, to make sure that you are doing like some not some, some productive rest, but like not, yeah, you yeah. said it better than <laughs> I could. Um, but so yeah, this is a beautiful invitation for me to actually pick up a book that doesn't have like an agenda behind it. Mm. okay anyways (laughs) let's start talking about you what led you to what you're doing right now um and I would love to hear like pre -pre pre-kids like starting back like when you were take us back to like high school take us back to like grade 12 Katie you're about to graduate like what's going on in in your head then? Where do you think you're going in the world? What is your definition of success? I wanna hear that stuff.
0: Ooh, okay, so I love this question. Um, we're gonna get real nostalgic over here. Um, so high school Katie was very um, overachieving, very perfectionistic, very by the book, rule follower. I have to do all of the things exactly right um and you know most of our generation like the millennial generation we'll say like the late 80s to like you know 90s babies um you know had that conditioning of you need to get really good grades and work really hard so that you can go to college and get like this really good high paying job and then you get married and you have a house and babies and all of that
1: i'm raising my hand because that's my story like i i joke but it's so true that like i was really just following society's to-do list and it was all those things it was the college degree it was the amazing husband it was the dogs it was the house it was the retirement savings plan like yep. we had it all
0: yeah the white picket fence all of that um and it was funny because I really didn't realize until after I had my babies that that was not mine like that was not my wish list that's not what I would have done but I also realized now looking back that it had to be exactly the way that it was in order for mm-hmm. me to get here Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I remember in high school, just being very high strung, I'd kind of always struggled with some level of anxiety and like that, having the shoulds and the people pleasing and all of that. Um, but so I did what I thought I should do and went to a, um, four-year college for speech language pathology, went to graduate school at the same school for another four years, graduated with my master's in speech language pathology. Um, I went on to work as a medical-based speech therapist in a hospital for two years, um in addition to working as a school-based speech p- pathologist um in that meantime i got married to my high school sweetheart um and yeah life was going as just as we had been told it should have been planned mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i had always wanted children i knew since the time i was 15 that i wanted kids um and i had kind of just always i had always been and i still am but had always been a very put together competent like independent woman um, and I kind of just assumed that like, after I had babies, like it was just going to be a continuation of that life things that it was going to be a natural transition, you know, all of those things. And when I actually had my daughter, it was like a reality check. Um, looking back now, I can see that the way I had been living my life, the way I had been, um, you know, maybe not nourishing myself as well as I should have been, um, uh, while I was pregnant and just the expectations and the stress that I had, you know, really gone through for years before I forgot to mention that I was in competitive sports, um, for, you know, 12 years. So it was like that perfect high achieving, like get good grades, you know, straight A's always like work hard, go to work. And, you know, I was working out five days a week and just doing all these things that I thought I was supposed to be doing. And so after I had my daughter, my physical and my mental health really, really declined. So I had actually been diagnosed with postpartum anxiety and depression um, but I now know that that was an undiagnosed thyroid condition told by my OBGYN and all of my doctors that my labs were normal. And so I was kind of just written off as, you know, nope, you're just a mom who has anxiety and depression. Here's your medication, go to therapy, you know, well, it, it happens, come back in six months. And that did not work for me at all. So that really is like the the quick and dirty version of how I got here is I felt like the conventional medical model completely failed me as a new mom. I felt like my body had betrayed me. I didn't understand what was going on. I just knew that before I had kids, I was fine. And I was very high achieving. And all of a sudden I'm a wreck, like what is going on? Um, And so when that didn't work for me at one of my last doctor's visits, where one of the last visits I've ever had with a conventional doctor, she basically told me that if I didn't want to try another medication that she couldn't help me. And at the time I remember being like, what do you mean? You can't help me. Like you're a doctor. This is your job to help heal me. And I didn't realize that that is not the goal of conventional medicine. Um, And so I was like, well, fine, I'm not going to settle for feeling like this. You know, like I'm, I'm a mom, I just, you know, and even as a human, like I deserve to feel good, but feeling like this isn't an option because I have babies now who are depending on me. And so I just decided, well, if she can't help me, I'm going to help myself. So I kind of just dove all into the functional and holistic health space. I ended up seeing a naturopath who that was the first time I ever had actual like labs, functional labs run. And she was like, well, there's a huge difference between what conventional medicine says is normal and what actually labs should look like if you feel good and are healthy. Um, That was the first time anyone had really ever mentioned diet to me in terms of like there are certain foods and a way that you can eat that can actually help your body come back into balance and heal. It was the first time I really started taking, you know, lifestyle and looking at the way I was living my life into account. The first time I started looking at supplementation really seriously. um, And it just really inspired me. And so once I had made some of those changes and started realizing, wow, okay, like this is actually helping me start to feel better. um, I had my son and I felt better after I had him than I did after I had my daughter, but still had some of the similar issues. I knew my thyroid was still not happy after I had him. And so then I really dove all into it and I ended up um, going back to get my certification as a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. And so that's where I am now. I kind of basically became the person that I wished I had had when I first had my daughter and was really struggling and just wanted answers.
1: Mm, I love all of that so much. And I think your story is there's a lot of parallels to mine. So I totally get so much of what you were sharing. And I imagine a lot of the women that are listening can also get it. Cause like you said, like our generation really did grow up with a lot of that conditioning and a lot of that, just this belief that in order to have success and in order to, be happy that there is yeah this to-do list this wish list and then it's not until we realize that it's not actually our list and it's not until we actually can detach from that list that what I've realized is how you can actually find happiness and success and fill in whatever word (laughs) makes you feel happy but I'm curious as you were kind of just living through the motions of your undergrad and grad school and sports and probably just kind of living life in your early mid 20s you say now that you were like anxious but in the moment were you identifying as someone that was anxious or did you just think that that was kind of a part of life
0: I think I knew that I had some level ang- of anxiety. Like when I was in high school, I was taking AP classes. So like the advanced honors classes that would transfer over to college and all yep. of that. And I remember just be- realizing like, this is a lot like being actively stressed and wondering yeah. if everyone else felt like that, because I knew that there were yeah. other kids who loved high school and were like, this is great. Like, it's just here to have fun. Like school classes is easy. <laughs> and like, they just, you know, we're going to parties and weren't doing a ton There's of extra kids theater. like
1: that. That was not me. <laughs> it was not me either.
0: Um, and I also recognize that now I recognize that there was also such a deeper layer of that anxiousness that I didn't identify, but like I had mm-hmm. so much, um, stock in like looking a certain way, like meeting like the beauty standards and like everything, like just that perfectionism was so deep mm-hmm. and that people pleasing was also so deep
1: that girl I didn't- conditioning
0: yes, that part, I did not realize
1: how deep that truly went until, you know, more of like my Um, thirties. And I can relate to that as well. And like the anxiety piece, like I, the reason I asked is because I've, I've kind of realized that in my own story, I've always been like borderline, not borderline. I've totally been anxious. I've been that person that is always worrying about things. I'm, I'm always trying to, make a plan I'm always trying to like do loads of research and like that has been praised by society as like oh cool like you are you I don't even know like you have an attention to detail and like you don't you don't mess up and like you really work hard and you um all the things right like I've been praised for those those qualities but I've realized now that like those aren't actually things that I want to be praised for those were like survival mechanisms yes. to keep myself safe and to like you say like the people pleasing the good girl conditioning to to keep myself pretty perfect and pleasing so that I could fit in with the tribe the tribe of like the high school popular and I wasn't even a high school popular kid but you know what I, oh, I was you're either. trying to fit <laughs> in with like for us, maybe we're trying to fit in with the smart kids. We're trying to get the best grades in like our peer group. We're trying to get into the college program that we want and not get that rejection letter. Like it's all those things. And we are constantly creating this list that is society's to-do list and allowing it to be a measure of our self-worth.
0: Yes. And that I did not really dive into until after I had the babies.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, The other piece that I was going to share just around like anxiety, I remember having friends that were, I guess, like clinically diagnosed with like anxiety, depression and potentially on medications or like going to therapy. I went on to pursue my career in nursing and ended up working in mental health. And so because I was around people with actual diagnoses of these mental health conditions I always wrote off my own anxiety as like this isn't actually anxiety because like these people have it way worse like these people literally have to be medicated in order to function I'm totally functioning in fact I'm like according to society I am killing it (laughs) right (laughs) so for me I really didn't I, I never allowed myself to identify with that that anxiety piece until much, much later. And I think part of it was because I saw it as a sign of failure. Yeah. I mean,
0: there is a real stigma of like having a diagnosis with something like that, but that is also something that I could talk about forever, which is why I don't put weight on diagnoses because they're just a label for a cluster of symptoms, right? It's kind of like a cop-out. Cause instead of like, it's just a name, it's a label for something. It's not looking at why you're having that. Like, are there some physical things that maybe you've been neglecting? Like you're just not taking care of your physical body in the way that it needs to, in order to function properly. Like anxiety is, you know, it's just a, a symptom. symptom. It's, not yes, a, it's yeah. our body trying to get our attention saying, Hey, like we have some needs that are not being met and it's literally yeah. trying to just keep you alive. And so that's a kind of my view on diagnoses is I don't care what you've been diagnosed with. I want the why, like, I want to figure out yeah. like what is causing that for you, whether it is, you know, more on the physical side, you're just not adequately nourishing and nurturing your body, or whether it's more on that mental emotional side, like maybe you are not connected with what you actually want and you desire. You've been living your life for someone else and your body is just so like, knows it's not in alignment. And so it's giving you anxiety because it's not something that you actually want to be doing. Like that's not actually bringing you joy and nourishing you in the ways that are so important for, 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 for fulfillment and purpose. And so I just look at, you know, anxiety is not something to be ashamed of, not something to be stigmatized. Um, I definitely am not someone that, You know, would ever want to see someone just get labeled with anxiety or depression and put on medications? Because while, and again, I'm not shaming people for that, because I have been in that situation where I was so desperate and like it was debilitating that I just needed something and I didn't know what the other options were. And I just knew like I couldn't continue this way. I needed something. But I want to see like, hey, like what are some things that we can do to help bring your body back into balance? you know and so that's kind of just like my general take on on the diagnosis piece is i don't look at it as it's something to be stigmatized for or shamed for i also think that the diagnosis piece is a huge disservice especially to moms because as soon as the words anxiety or depression or anything like that leave your mouth it basically gives the conventional doctors leeway to say oh well, all of these physical things you're experiencing that's the anxiety and depression You know, like we're not even going to look for what might be causing these physical symptoms because it's all in your head. You're just anxious
1: or you're just
0: depressed. So that's one of the other huge issues I have with that.
1: When I think if we, yeah, zooming into motherhood, I've heard people, their understanding of postpartum is literally that, oh, that must mean you have depression. And it's like, no, like postpartum is like the period after after- birth and it's for life right like it never ends once you've had a baby you are always postpartum but it's become such a big like postpartum depression has become such a common thing that now it's just lumped into this word of like postpartum and oh that makes me like cringe thinking about it because it's so messed up and then it just perpetuates like this idea that there's something wrong with you or that you are like lacking something or like you said that it's all in your head and that you need something outside of yourself to fix you when really it's just your body's communication of like everything you already just mentioned but what ends up happening is anxiety stops becoming just a symptom and instead becomes this like excuse. I also want to say that I can totally appreciate that people do need medication to bring them out of like the acute um crises let's say of true like anxiety and depression but it's not the solution and i think that's why the work you're doing is so important because you are really helping women empower themselves to reclaim their health and find that solution instead of just slapping band-aids on these symptoms these labels
0: yeah, I feel that. And we could totally talk about that in depth as well, because I have done so much research when I was going through it, because I had been on at one point, a handful of medications. And because they weren't actually addressing my problem, which was a thyroid condition, they were supposed to be addressing the, the anxiety and the depression piece, they actually ended up making me feel so much worse. Um, because they were basically, you know, affecting the chemicals in my brain when
1: my brain mm-hmm. was not the problem. My body yeah, was trying. When to I can, me. I can attest to that as like a mental health nurse understanding literally like from a pharmacology perspective, what that medication is doing. So like an anti-anxiety medication is literally like numbing you out. And then, and I've heard from patients, I've heard from friends, I've heard from people that when they're on these anti-anxiety medications or antidepressants, they literally just feel not themselves. They're completely disconnected from their body because that's what the medication is supposed to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I look at it as, like you said, like there are some people that benefit from medication, but on the research side there, I feel like I need to give a voice to the other side of the people that it doesn't help. Because even the research admits that antidepressants or SSRIs, whatever, you know, variation of those medications don't help up to 50% of people. Um, Or like you might start on one medication, and then over time, it becomes less effective, and you need more. Um, But it also is still, regardless of whether they're helping you or not, it's still not addressing the root cause for why you are having those symptoms in the first place. And so the reason why you're having those is not going to go away. So over time, you're going to have to address the reasons for those symptoms. And I also look at it as there is a huge, and I'm sure you can probably speak to this too. There is a huge lack of true informed consent. Those medications are handed out like candy. I had no idea long-term consequences of what can actually happen when you're on some of those medications. And also from the research, it is fascinating. Um, All of those medications are tested against placebo effect. And when you look in the research, the amount that they, like, they basically can't account for the placebo effect. So I, as like a, you know, functional practitioner, who's very holistic, looking at the mind body spirit connection and knowing that our thoughts have chemical effects in our body and like our thoughts can literally create our reality that maybe the medication is helping 50% of people because they are convinced that it is helping them. So that's really the power of your mind and the power of positive thinking, because when you look at the research, they really can't account for why those medications are working.
1: I'm going to pause for a second. I need to go check on Aubrey. I tried to message you on Voxer, but I think your phone's probably still off. Hi. I, yeah, hi, hi. Aubrey. Hi. Um my dad is living with us right now, which has been awesome because he's like built-in childcare. Oh. But he um isn't super helpful if Aubrey like is getting tired oh, or my. like starts crying or anything like that. So I heard her crying for quite a while. I'm like I better go down and check. Oh. And of course, I feel like she's Ready for a nap. So I just tried to see if I could put her down quickly. Of course it didn't work. So I think Aubrey's gonna be joining us on the podcast. No today. worries.
0: I work with mamas. So this is like normal for when I have one-to-one clients. So I'm good if you're good.
1: It's just it's just funny because we tried to plan the time to be around nap time. And that's totally fine. So we're just gonna roll with it. Yeah. Um I feel like I'm still recording. So all of that was recorded. So yeah, Aubrey is here joining us on the podcast. I just had to take a quick break. Um, Yeah, Katie, so you were just kind of explaining your perspective on the pharmaceutical use in terms of like anxiety and depression. Why don't we jump right yeah. into, I guess, your, your approach and your philosophy in your own coaching and how to actually like combat some of that and I know like it's a root cause approach and all of that but I guess like actually explaining what that yeah means. no so <laughs> as a functional practitioner and taking like a holistic
0: approach to health like it really truly is like a body mind spirit approach. Um, because the way that we are living our life day in, day out, and kind of like we talked about earlier, like going back to high school, I knew that there were things that I had been doing for decades before I ever struggled with my, my health after I had children that were contributing to some of those simpl- symptoms that I had after children
1: being even more amplified. Mm-hmm. I want to interject for a second because I'm curious if, so just looking back on my own holistic journey and like back when I thought I was naturally minded and that basically just meant like not using gross chemically induced um, candles and like swapping out some of my laundry detergent and skincare like back then I thought that was what it meant to be holistic
0: (laughs) and I realize now
1: that oh it is a part of it but I realize now it is so much more than that and it really is like that mind body spirit connection and even in my own my own journey right now like I am very much focused on um, like the mind and the body connection and like the mindset stuff but also like the somatic stuff and really tuning into my body and all of that thing all of that stuff but it can be so easy to forget that it also includes food it also includes like the toxins in our environment it also includes All of it. And it can get really, really overwhelming because it's like, well, where do you even start? Especially if you've been living a life kind of on autopilot and just following the norm. Yeah, no, I totally
0: understand that. So the way that I start with my clients is first, like, which sounds novel, but it really shouldn't be. Um, Like typically you would go to the doctor and they're just kind of like, all right, what's going on? Like, here's your, you know, this is what it is. Here's your medication. Off you go. I look at it as one of the most important things that I do with clients is I actually listen to them. I ask them about their life. I ask what that's currently looking like for them. Like, How are they feeling day in and day out? What does a typical day look like for them? Just because that's going to give me so much insight into the things that they're probably thinking day in and day out, how they're currently living their life. So It really does start with just gleaning so much information based off of their lifestyle, how they're currently living their life, like in terms of, you know, what they're eating, how often are they eating? How much are they eating? What does their stress look like, both like at home and outside of the home, if they're working or, you know, if they're an entrepreneur, like, what does that look like for you? How are your relationships? Do you have community? Do you have somebody that, you know, that helps you out? Like, what do all of these different things look like? So always start there. Um, And then we are looking at too, like, from a foundational perspective, like, your, it all comes down really to your nervous system because your nervous system, your brain is constantly scanning all day, every day, making hundreds of thousands of decisions in terms of that safe. Like, is this a bear that's going to eat me? Like, what is this thing that like, you know, it's trying to keep you safe and what we can communicate with the nervous system in so many ways. And a huge way that we can communicate with our nervous system is through nutrition, through the foods that we're eating, how much we're eating, the quality of the foods we're eating, the the, I want to say like food pairings, like how we're actually, um, balance, are we balancing our meals or are we not? So we do look a huge piece of what I do is functional nutrition, which also I do see, cause I do get a lot of clients who come to me, you know, they're like, they've already figured out that conventional medicine is not for them. It's not helping them. And they've had experiences with either, naturopaths or other like function doctors of functional medicine, and they're still missing that huge educational component. Like in a lot of cases, it's still that model of diagnosis, but instead of a pharmaceutical, here's your green supplement, or, you know, they'll maybe tell you like, Oh, you need to eat better and you need to eat more, but they won't tell them exactly how And when we're looking at like moms who are already feeling really stressed and really overwhelmed, they need that follow-up piece. They need someone to help them troubleshoot and actually figure out what this looks like in a realistic, doable way into their current lifestyle when they're not feeling great. So that is also a huge way that how I work with moms is different is I am basically guiding them. I'm giving them like the roadmap, like the blueprint and helping them figure out how to put these things into their day in a more manageable, realistic, simplistic way letting them know that, yes, there are all of these ideals, maybe long-term. This is what we want our lifestyle to look like. But in the meantime, what's the net, the first small step we can take? What are like the, the small action steps that are going to move the needle, the farthest, the fastest and help you start feeling better.
1: Mm, I love all that. And I'm so glad you brought up just the language of the nervous system, because I think that really is a missing piece. And I know myself as I started to actually understand and learn my own nervous system that really was the catalyst to everything else kind of clicking into place and I I hear it kind of in the in the naturally minded holistic crunchy mom nervous system oh Aubrey's just throwing markers everywhere (laughs) um but like in the community like you hear like you can't supplement you can't out supplement your nervous system and I think that's really important to bring to the surface here because I think that's often what ends up happening is you, like you said, you kind of detach from conventional medicine. You know that there's some more um, naturally um, holistic ways to start caring for yourself and to start taking care of your own health. But that often looks like supplementation. And that's almost just like another- It's another band-aid. It's another band-aid.
0: And I love what you, no, I love what you said. Like you will never out supplement, out biohack, you definitely won't ever out medicate poor nutrition lifestyle and your nervous system. Like you cannot do it. Um, you can't do it. And so that's the, why the huge, the two foundational pieces of the work that I do with moms comes down to functional nutrition, because that is a huge way that you communicate with your nervous system And the nervous system regulation, which is, you know, like you said, it's kind of a buzzword, like everybody's talking about it right now, especially in like the, you know, crunchier holistic spaces, which is amazing, it needs to be talked about. And it's not something that's just like a buzzword, like there is so much science behind it. But we also need to understand what that actually means. It's basically just a fancy term for too much stress over too long of a period of time, you are not adequately managing your stress. And when I say stress, I also mean that in a very different way than a lot of people maybe think about it. Like most of the time when we hear someone say stress, we think of the mental, emotional stress, right? Which is definitely a huge component. It's the thoughts you're thinking all day, especially if you have like negative self-talk or unrealistic expectations. It's that mental load of motherhood piece that everyone talks about, which is absolutely draining. But then there's these other stressors that so many people are not aware of when I talk about stress and what affects your nervous system. So I'm also talking about physical stressors. Like, are you under or overeating? Are you over or under exercising? How is your sleep and your rest? Two very different things that are both very important. Um, you know, I'm also talking about, um, do you, um, maybe have like unhealed injuries either from, you know, maybe like a, a physical trauma, like a car accident, or maybe birth, like, have you ever gone to see a pelvic floor physical therapist? Maybe you have some things in there that are constantly telling you're sending signals to your body and your nervous system that you're not safe. Those are the physical things that moms often don't think about when we're talking about what's your stress really like. And then we have those chemical biochemical stressors that for the most part are completely unseen, but are still affecting our cortisol and still triggering your nervous system, maybe unbeknownst to you. So those might be things like hormone imbalance. They might be things like, you know, gut issues. Like if you have any imbalance in your gut bacteria or, um, you know, you have leaky gut quote unquote. Um, so those are all the things that I talk about when I'm talking about what's actually affecting your nervous system and causing that that chronic stress. Those are the things that are contributing to the anxiety and the depression, because that's just how your body is communicating to you. That something in that huge umbrella of things needs to be addressed.
1: Yeah. And again, like circling back to high school, Katie and high school, Nicole, because Nicole, it's really the same story. Like back when we were overachieving, we were trying to perfect everything we were doing, we were really focused on the way our body looked, and probably our weight, we likely were undernourishing ourselves, I can probably speak for both of us on that one, Um, maybe over exercising, because we thought we had to exercise to make our body look a certain way. Um, And, and then, like, on top of the, the nervous system response to try to keep us safe so that we fit in with, our group of people and so then comes in like the fawn response or fitting in and like those are nervous system survival responses that our body is doing to keep ourselves safe like it's not a personality and I think that's that's something that again has been a big kind of light bulb moment in my own journey is realizing that like those parts of me are there's, there's a purpose yes. there. Um, that need and that desire to want to fit in and that need and that desire to wanna do my best and not fail and not let anyone down is because of like this primal need to fit in and be accepted with my community. Um, and once I could understand that that was a nervous system response and part of the way out of those patterns was actually to start 10, okay, now Aubrey's ripping the box <laughs> of markers part of that was to start tending and soothing to my nervous system and start like showing my body and my nervous system safety that's when things actually started to change for me yes um and then yeah I love that you are just bringing in also like the importance and the intricacies of nutrition and mineral like balance and I feel like we are all collectively um probably like Mineral and yes. nutrition depleted, whatever the correct Definitely. word is for that, because I know like our food sources are so different than they used yeah. to be. Say like even fifty years ago, right? The carrots that you buy from the store now, the strawberries you buy from the store, they don't have the same like nutrient yeah. density that they used to. And so even if you think you're eating well, quote unquote, it's still not the same like nutritional profile that it used to be. Yeah. And again, I think this is where people start to over supplement because I think people are learning that people are knowing that. And maybe even realizing that, okay, I can't actually afford the foods that I need. So I'm just going to supplement myself. And it's like, again, that's not quite the answer. You said so much there. I'm going to try and
0: go back and remember, because there were so many things that you said (laughs) that I was like, yes, right there. Um, I love how you said you had to show your nervous system safety and this idea of safety, because is so important. It's a huge piece of, um, some of the things that I've been working on, um, that we can kind of chat about later, but we have to build safety, rebuild safety inside of our body. Um, when it comes down to it, female physiology is based on safety because again, at the end of the day, like your body's number one goal is survival at all costs. So if you have all of these stressors, brain that's the thing too, is this is like primal lizard brain, right? This is like our caveman brain. So it doesn't know that sitting in rush hour traffic, having deadlines, needing to get kids in and out of the door, having like bills and things like that, aren't a bear actually trying to eat you. They don't know that you skipping a meal is not actually going into famine and causing starvation.
1: I also want to throw in like the other things that we don't realize, like, um, Sending emails to our email list and like growing our Instagram audience and like all those moments of like allowing ourselves to be visible, um, those are all also potential threats to our nervous system. And so for the mother entrepreneurs that are listening to this, like it's 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 everywhere in your life. Like it's why all of this is just so important. And if you actually do consider yourself to be like holistically minded, the nervous system really does need to be top of mind for you. Your brain here is
0: bare for all of these things when there's no bear. And so it's all about rebuilding safety in your body, in your nervous system, because female physiology comes down to safety. It is not going to prioritize your like nothing else is more important than running away or, sur- you know, surviving that bear. So other functions like your thyroid function, like your reproductive function, so your periods and getting pregnant, like your brain says, this would be really bad for us right now. Cause we're running from this bear. If we get pregnant, we are not gonna make it. We're either gonna get eaten or we just, you know, we gotta run. Like This is not the time to be making babies. So everything that is not essential to immediate survival slows down when we are in this state of chronic stress. And so female physiology is based on safety. We can rebuild safety through nutrition, through supporting our cyclical cycles with like our hormones, through cultivating relationships and being in community and, you know, making sure we're resting and sleeping. These are all ways that we communicate with our nervous system. So I love that you said that. And I think too, going back to that, our foods are depleted and I, you know, we're going to say it again, like you will never out-supplement nutrition, lifestyle, and nervous system, like you just can't. And I see so often, again, what we kind of talked about is replacing, you know, the need for pharmaceuticals, maybe, which is like a green natural supplement. And I see so many women actually supplementing in a way that that we're going to talk about this in a second too, which is why, like, I always recommend testing and not guessing, like you need to know what your body actually needs and not just throwing pasta at the wall, seeing what's going to stick with these random supplements, because so often I see women coming in with these supplements that some of them are like indeed like good quality. And they might be supplements that I would recommend to my clients um, if they had specific needs, but they actually end up making their underlying their unique personal imbalances worse or causing something else that they didn't intend. Um, So supplements are a whole new bag. Like I'm kind of a little bit of a supplement snob too. Like I only recommend whole food supplementation the vast majority of the time, because again, that comes down to safety as well. Like our body is not going to recognize synthetic chemical supplements, even if it's quote unquote vitamin C the same way it's going to recognize vitamin C from food. Um, So we kind of have these unintended consequences. Um, I feel like there was something else that you said that I wanted to go back to because it was just so good. But um, yeah, going back to how we lived our lives in high school, like you mentioned before, like we had so much pressure like on our bodies, and I know I was over exercising for sure. And I would go as far as to say, like, I had an eating disorder when I was in high school, because I was so hung up on, you know, needing to have that. I don't know if this is a thing in Canada either. But like the Victoria's Secret angel model, you know, standard of beauty or like what they said on Cosmo, the Cosmopolitan magazines, like, you know, how to how to eat to lose 10 pounds quick for summer to get into that teeny bikini or, you know, whatever it is. And so we look at that and like the decades of stress that I knew I was aware of, even in high school, stress is the number one depleter of our minerals. And if your minerals are imbalanced or depleted, none of the other functions like your cells in your body will not function, it's going to affect everything else. And so we come down to this pattern of moms, when they are str- well, all humans that we're talking about moms, um, it really does all come down to at the basic level, nervous system, dysregulation and nutrient depletion is what's causing these symptoms. And so many of the things that moms are struggling with for years after they have kids in the first place and no supplement, no medication, no biohacking, you know, shiny sparkly thing is going to outweigh that you've got to address the imbalances and the root causes
1: Yeah. Mm, Yes. Let's talk about kind of like the average mom. So I feel like let's just say the average mom had a similar high school and like early adulthood experience to us. So we can kind of assume that she's undernourished. She's overexercising. She's probably not sleeping enough. And then she somehow miraculously gets pregnant even though she's already in depletion like that's a miracle in itself so if you're wondering why there's a rising rate of fertility like ding 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 like it makes perfect sense when you actually zoom out a bit but so yeah we take this take this mom she's undernourished she's under under slept over exercised she's now pregnant and now she's fueling And giving up energy to create life within her. Again, another miracle. How cool. Baby comes out. Birth is, let's say, traumatic. Because again, unfortunately, that's becoming the new normal. So let's say she now has this traumatic birth. And she can't breastfeed. So quote, unquote, can't breastfeed. She's told she can't breastfeed. And I don't know, you kind of finish the story from here and help us understand like why this picture is becoming so common. And then like what happens in the years to come with the cultural standards of like bounce back and like getting back to pre-pregnancy weight and going back to a life of potentially working like a nine to five. And it's like, none of this is actually um, supporting that feminine physiologic need for safety plus we're dealing with a body that is completely under everything (laughs) completely like under Under what's the word like under nurture under everything yeah it's depleted
0: it. (laughs) it is depleted and I would go as far as to say so many moms especially in the modern day if they were raised like a lot of us were that like you know you got to go to school go to college get like that that good job work that nine to five contribute you know kind of do all the things that like super mom ideal that we're all told like you should be able to do all the things be selfless like you know you should be able to work a full-time job and contribute financially to your family and then come home and cook the meals and be happy and spend all this time with your kids and also fit in but don't be a, martyr. Don't be a martyr right <laughs> don't complain about it no one wants to hear you say that right and I get like this picture in my mind too even though what they were dealing with then was even like we have so many pressures like yes living in a modern society has benefits. Like we have so many tools and things at our fingertips and so many things of convenience that they didn't have. But I go back to that stereotypical picture of like the fifties housewife where she's like got her dress on and she like looks like all gorgeous and sexy and she's vacuuming and making dinner. And like, they're like advertising like little yellow pills, like on, you know, all of their, you know, newspaper ads and things like it was just typical. So I'm like, even then when they were dealing with arguably far less things than we are now, it was clearly still a struggle. Like moms were not were not loving life. And it's because we have come so far out of alignment with the things that like just are. we need to just basically survive. Like I can't tell you how many moms I talked to and I experienced it too after I first had my daughter where it was like, okay, well, between being sleep deprived between being home by myself until either my husband got home or, you know, my mom could come over and, and help me we out haven't even talked about the community. We aspect. have not even so talked thank about you the for community aspect. Yeah. Um, so between being sleep deprived between, you know, I was one of those moms that couldn't breastfeed, which now looking back, I'm, or, you know, quote unquote, couldn't breastfeed. Um, you know, I was so undernourished. Like I would, I would literally feel like, oh my gosh, I had this whole day and what did I do? I did nothing, but I would realize like I d- was not drinking enough water. I was not eating enough food. And I almost looked at like when someone came home, it was a luxury that I could sit down and eat a meal. And I'm like, no, like when you are postpartum, the amount of energy and nutrients that you need is even
1: more than it was when you were pregnant. At that point, it's almost like, thank goodness you couldn't breastfeed because if you were breastfeeding from that state, like who knows what your body would have had to do in order to survive.
0: Oh, I was already struggling like that. My thyroid was that was why I had had so I really struggled so, so severely with so many debilitating physical symptoms and also like the anxiety after I had my daughter. And I know now it's because my metabolic health, I was so depleted. I was definitely nutrient depleted. Um, my hormones had already been out of balance because I had been in this decade long cycle of stress. It just that stress lo- level maybe wasn't as apparent to me. Until I crashed. It was like my body had done it for so long that the amount of energy and healing and all of it that goes into having a baby and postpartum, my body just couldn't do it anymore. And so I feel like that's where a lot of moms are, because postpartum, we are more um, susceptible to changes in our nervous system if we there are too many stressors. If we're not able to rest, we're not adequately nourishing ourselves. We're already, you know, more than likely sleep deprived, um, with a newborn. So like that is affecting our nervous system. We are already more likely to be nutrient depleted because on average, you lose 10% of your total minerals with every pregnancy, which to put that into a little bit more of a perspective, that's the equivalent of four pounds of minerals, four pounds is on average, how many minerals a mom will lose it with one pregnancy that does not take into account where she started even going into pregnancy. So all those decades of stress before maybe, you know, eating like more of a modern lifestyle where she's not intentionally focused on eating nutrient dense foods, eating enough and eating specifically enough minerals. So most moms already go into uh, pregnancy depleted, and then it just gets further after we've had the baby. There's digestive system changes that have to happen after you have a, during pregnancy and after you have a baby. And there's also hormonal changes. So it's kind of like this perfect storm where moms I hear all the time, moms are like, but I was fine before I had babies. And now like, it just wrecked me. And I'm like, well, we could also talk on like the medical metaphysical, like spiritual level motherhood. I honestly think is meant to break you down. It is meant to break you down to the most elemental parts of yourself, just to build you back up so that you know what it is that's no longer serving you and how to truly take care of yourself so that you can also take care of your babies." Yes. That's perfectly said. Yeah. But so like motherhood is meant to do that, but it's also a beautiful opportunity to look at how you've been living your life. What has no longer been serving you. And yes, like what you need to do to take care of your body, because your body is not the same anymore. Your body is never going to be the same again after it is pregnant. And after you have a baby, it's going to be different. And so the way that you need to nourish yourself and nurture yourself after that is going to be different. I'm hoping I answered your question. <laughs> you
1: asked I don't even know what I asked, but like I'm just loving all of this because I think like this is stuff that I think a lot of women are waking up to, but they don't necessarily have the understanding or like the context of the why. And so a lot of what you're sharing right now is kind of explaining that context. And I think knowledge is power, right? When we start understanding this stuff, that is truly when we can start to feel empowered and take back control over our health. Um, Oh, gosh, Aubrey is pressing things on my headphone now. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Woo, talk about my nervous system getting activated there. Oh my gosh. Oh, well, I'm all good over here. (laughs) I don't know what you guys could hear. I muted myself, so I don't think anything would have got recorded. And I don't think the recording would catch my computer sound. But yeah, Aubrey somehow got a hold of the, I only have one headphone in my ear, so she got a hold of the other headphone and somehow pressed something that made like music (laughs) start playing and it was loud. Ooh, and then I was panicking because I didn't know how to turn it off. And because I'm recording, the Zoom window wouldn't let me minimize it. And it was just this whole thing. <laughs> See, <laughs> oh bear. Your brain is like, there's Ooh, a bear. There's a bear. Bear. Yes. Bear, bear, bear. Okay. So I'm just going to drop back in and come back here where there is no bear. Ooh. Um. I don't remember what I was saying, but I know I wanted to circle back to something that you haven't actually said yet and I think it's really important I don't think we oh I know what I was saying I was just saying that like so many women um know some of this but they don't actually know the why so the fact that you are shedding light on some of this and helping to explain it really is empowering because then we can start to understand like what's actually going on in our bodies and it it just makes us feel more in control when we have conversations with our practitioners and when we're making decisions about what supplements we might decide to take or just all of the things. But what we haven't talked about yet is birth control. And I don't think we necessarily need to go in that direction, but I just want to name it because that is also a huge thing that again, going back to high school days in our generation, we were all on birth control. Many of us still are. Um, I, I am not, I haven't been since having Aubrey, but I was literally on birth control, basically from like 16 to, let's just say 26 to make it an even 10 years. And the compound effect of that is not talked about enough. And then sprinkle into postpartum, like if you were back on birth control, and now you're dealing with this perfect storm, as you called it. Woo, bear, bear, bear. Um, So I don't think we actually need to talk about birth control. I think there's lots of resources out there to help someone understand why I'm yelling bear. (laughs) (laughs) But, oh, this conversation is just so helpful in the sense of education and empowerment. And I'm curious for the women listening that are like, yeah, Katie, like I'm totally buying everything you're saying. But I can't obviously the solution is to work with someone like you, but that's not necessarily a tomorrow event. So what are some things that women could be doing like yesterday to help all of the things we've been touching on?
0: Well, it honestly comes down to those two main things that we talked about, which is, and it's a huge thing because it's all those stressors, um, but it comes down to reducing your stress, which is also part of regulating your nervous system and really focus on replenishing your nutrients. So making sure that if you do nothing else, you are eating a nutrient dense diet, you are eating enough food and you are doing whatever you can that's in your power to really first be aware of all of the different stressors that you have going on. And then coming up with a plan to either get support to help take some of that stress off of you take things off of your plate that don't need to be there. Like things that are not absolutely necessary for your either immediate survival or joy or fulfillment or the survival and joy and fulfillment of like your immediate family, your kids, your spouse, um, you know, they, they can go, they are not definitely not more important than you and your health. Um, and then replenishing the nutrients. Those would be the two main places to start
1: in terms of a nutrient dense meal I'm assuming that means more than just making sure you have like fat protein and carbs what are you actually referring to in that like if if I'm going to become more intentional about what I'm eating what are the first things that I can start either introducing or maybe excluding in my diet yeah
0: so you want quality of the foods that you're eating
1: so again like is your
0: protein like a slim gym and your fat is a Reese's peanut butter cup and your um you know your um what did we say carbs your carbs is maybe a donut you do you want your cells running on those types of nutrients or do you want your cells running on you know grass fed ground beef and an avocado and maybe quinoa or a piece of fruit or something that actually comes from nature so that is usually the most the most minimally processed whole food type diet that you can get that is what is ancestral that's what our body recognizes and again i go back to this piece of Food is literally communication with your nervous system on so many different levels. Like you need enough of it to convince your body that you're not in starvation mode. So I would definitely start there. Even like if that is where you're at and you're like, no, I definitely don't eat enough food. Focus on eating enough food and then worry about, okay, how many macros am I getting with protein, carbs, and fat? And then refine down to the quality of foods. Because the most important piece is getting enough food into your body to be able to even function for your cells to have enough of the raw materials to even do the thing um, and then focus on refining from there. So you need to be eating enough food. That is part of building safety in your body. Um, And then also focusing on like more nutrient-dense foods. So again, like grass-fed red meat is incredibly nutrient-dense. It's also more what we call bioavailable We do need a mix of plant foods and animal foods. Um, If you're eating primarily, you know, raw fruits and veggies, those things have a time and a place, but they are very hard for your body to digest and break down. So the nutrients in them are not as available to your body as something that has been cooked, that is warm, and that has more bioavailable nutrients in it.
1: I'm laughing over here because I feel totally called out because I eat a lot of donuts and I get that like... (laughs) That is not the perfect source of a carb, but I'm also just realizing like, again, music is playing again.
0: (laughs) Well, and on my end too, I'm not saying don't eat the donut. I'm saying before you eat the donut, have some good quality protein and some fat and then have your donut. I
1: love that. Um, (laughs) This is the most chaotic podcast episode ever. I feel like everything that could be going wrong aside from this recording not actually being recorded is happening so hopefully this recording is actually being recorded what I was about to share though is how going back to like high school days I don't know about you but I was brought up in a home where we didn't touch butter Mm. butter was like a no-no we always had a tub of margarine in the house Um, and I mean that's just one example of where I think I'm not going to say culturally, generationally, I guess, is the better word, at least for like North American culture. There's always these like constant pendulum swings. And so our parents generation really thought that some of those like animal fats were bad. And so again, when we're looking at the whole picture here, we are becoming mothers from an entire lifetime of living off of the wrong kind of fats. Franken um, I foods. I call it. them in the wrong. Yeah, it's, it, I call them, I, I call them That's Franken hilarious. foods. They are, they,
0: most of them were yep. made in the lab. And it's the same thing. I love how you yep. go back to that generational thing, because not only was it don't eat the butter, you're going to have high cholesterol and have a heart attack and die. Yep. It was yep. don't eat full fat. fat. All fat is bad. Yep. Like, you know, it was like yep. the fat free yep. potato chips. And then it was, um, you know, what else did we have? Then we had like the Atkins diet, right? Like we had slim fast, we had all of these things. We had crystallite, all of, or even things. like
1: our milk, right? Yeah. Like our milk isn't even nutritious anymore because it's so processed. And yeah. Yeah. Anyways, like, I think, like you said, like, it's not about excluding the donut. It's about making sure that some more nutritionally dense things are incorporated into your diet first And so like, I know for me, some really easy swaps that I've incorporated into my diet are like making sure I'm eating like good quality eggs. Mm -hmm. And I'm not like, not abiding to like, I feel like, again, my parents generation is like, don't have more than like three eggs a week. So it was only like bacon and eggs on Sunday. No, I'm having bacon and eggs every fucking morning. Thank you very much. And I'm going to eat all the fat on the bacon. And I'm going to cook my eggs in butter, grass fed butter. And I feel like, saying all that, like, it's almost laughable because it's like, yeah, yeah, you're just like a crunchy mom. And it's like, no, like this is primal. This is ancestral. This is what our bodies need. This is how to create safety in the body.
0: Yeah. I love that. And the whole thing too, is because diet is a very touchy subject. Like even among functional and natural practitioners, like we could all fight amongst ourselves till the cows come home on which diet is the best. There is honestly no best diet for everyone. Everyone is bio-individual. We have different ancestry. We have different, different needs in terms of calories and all of this. Some people are going to respond better to more proteins and fats and less carbs. Other people are going to respond better to more carbs and more fat than they are protein. So there is no one size fits all ever. And we also go back to this is a reason too of why I individualize things. Because I want to know like where your body is at someone who has very low cholesterol across the board because they've been avoiding fats and protein animal proteins is going to need a lot more of that than someone who maybe has been regularly eating those things, you know, and so I just look at it as like all things in moderation, right, there is no, you know, perfect, or right diet for everyone. We could also talk about too, though, that with the way foods have been, you know, modernized and the way things are, you know, with modern agricultural practices, there are some very real um, concerns like in the research, like should anyone really be eating gluten? Now, does that mean that I tell every single one of my clients that you have to be 100% gluten free or you're not going to feel good? No, but we at least give them the facts and let them really, that is another huge piece of what we... Uh, focus on when I work with clients is reconnecting to your body. What happens to you when you eat certain foods? Do you notice more brain fog? Do you notice maybe that you're having anxiety after you eat that? Do you get energy crashes after you eat that? That is communication from your body that this particular food that might be fine for other people doesn't love you back. Um, So it really is, it does need to be customized for each individual. And it always is going to go back to No one else is the authority on your health. Like, you know, your body, I can give you the information and the guidance and, and, you know, the research behind it. But at the end of the day, you are going to have to be the one that decides this is what works for me. And this is what doesn't because it's your life. It has
1: to feel good for you. It has to work with your lifestyle. Mm, Totally. And I'm just thinking back to like how you said that you start every every session with a client with just hearing what their life looks like and I think that's so important because it could be so easy for someone to say oh yeah like I ate I eat I eat healthy and like I sleep good at night it's like they might not actually know what's going on up they might not actually know what like healthy or like the right amount of sleep is so for you to get those details That's just really important because if healthy to them looks like margarine and like no fat and whatever else that looks like. No, you get to kind of be that, that person holding the flashlight and be like, no, actually this is, this is what your body needs. And this is likely why you're feeling the way you're feeling. We have
0: to tease out like the programming of, like you said, like, what have you personally been programmed to think of as a healthy food? Um. Yeah, and also just going back to, um, oh, I just had that thought and it went away. I don't know what happened. (laughs) What was the last thing that you said? Who
1: knows? (laughs) I don't know, it's gone. It's all good. Um, Is there anything else coming up for you that you would love to share with the world? (laughs) Um, I mean,
0: mostly just coming back to that symptoms, even minor symptoms are communication from your body. And they really are. I don't look at symptoms as a bad thing. I look at them as signs that your body is working correctly and it's trying to communicate something to you. So to really just get curious about your symptoms and view them as opportunities to kind of just explore what it is that may need to be healed. And also to just have moms walk away from this knowing that like, those symptoms that you're probably normalizing or that you joke about in like your mom groups that, you know, people are kind of just saying are normal because everyone experiences them, no matter how subtle they are, like whether it's, you know, like you just tend to be a little bit more overwhelmed, like during your day, you have a hard time calming down or something like, you know, um, having like being constipated or having like headaches or like bloating or, you know, whatever it is, things that have just been normalized, just because they are common does not mean they are normal. Your body is communicating something to you. And so to not ignore those things, because you deserve to feel good. And as you know, in the world, and as a collective, like we need moms to feel good. Like we are literally raising the future generations. And we cannot expect moms who are exhausted, and depleted, and like dysregulated to raise children that are like happy, healthy, and thriving, and also regulated. And we shouldn't expect ourselves to. So if you take care of yourself and you focus on putting yourself first, even though we've probably been conditioned that that is a selfish thing to do, that is really what we need. And at the end of the day, you just deserve to feel good. Like that is truly your birthright. You should not be walking around Dealing with these symptoms, you give so much to everyone else that it really is time to take a look at whether you need to pour some of that dedication and time and effort back into yourself. Because my guess is you probably do.
1: Yeah, Mm, this is just so good. And like, I'm hearing you say like, normal, common doesn't mean normal. And we hear that a lot in like, other online spaces too, like in the birth world and stuff. But the other thing too, is that normal doesn't mean optimal. And like, we are allowed to raise the bar for ourselves. We are allowed to want more than just merely surviving just because merely surviving has become the new norm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I look at it too. It's,
0: I don't know exactly what it's like in Canada, but in the United States, like normal is becoming 30 to 40% of moms being diagnosed with postpartum mood disorders. It's looking like one in seven women developing a thyroid condition. Like that is becoming normal. It's looking like, you know, like in the United States, only 12.2% of our population is actually metabolically healthy. Like that is sad. Like that's the normal, like normal is not good enough. Like I want to feel good. I want to have vibrant energy and not just enough energy to keep up with my kids. Like I want to have enough energy left over to do the things that I love. Like, you know, I want to feel good. I don't want to be only focusing on my body because things don't feel good.
1: Yes, preach. Like a big part of my message and the and my work is creating offers and helping mother entrepreneurs build a business out mm. of in in service of like words are not working. Let me literally try to say that again. Um, <laughs> Wow. Helping mother entrepreneurs like build a business where they're serving from a place of overflow. And I think a really big part of that and a missing piece that is being overlooked is everything you just shared today. So thank you for sharing your wisdom and your insights and your compassion and um, your energy. Like it's contagious and your, your passion for the importance of this optimal health and being able to reclaim health in motherhood and the importance of the safety piece to female physiology. Like that is so important. And I wish that conversation was happening in more spaces.
0: Yeah. It's the information that we should, should have been taught somewhere at some point that I think now that so many more women are and moms are becoming so much more conscious We're just now starting to kind of dive back into that like ancestral knowledge and the traditions and getting back to, you know, less of a modern lifestyle in a lot of ways, like uh, lifestyle wise, things like homeschooling and, you know, mini homesteading or like growing your own food and you know, all of these things are becoming a little bit more, you know, kind of quote unquote trendy. But I'm like, they really weren't a trend. These used to be ways of living. And because we've gotten so far away from that, this is why so many of us are struggling.
1: Yeah, this is rewilding, y'all rewilding our health. Yes. Um, where can people find you online? Um, mainly on Instagram. I am
0: at Kate in Galvin on Instagram. And that's the majority of where I'm hanging out currently.
1: Yeah. Mm, I love this conversation so much. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. I will make sure to leave any applicable links or resources in the show notes for listeners to easily reach out and connect to you. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. This was great. Okay, before you go, just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode if you were thinking of anyone while listening please send it their way and if anything resonated with you or you love these conversations please subscribe and leave a review this really helps the podcast algorithms um, put my show in front of more people just like you and the last thing I would love nothing more than hearing from you so say hi dm me on instagram and give me a follow at nicole pasver until next time